Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, everyone, to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant. For those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, folks, I am so excited to have with me here today my guest, Jenny Carver, who's really going to be talking with us about what we need to really do in order to heal from trauma, things like dropping into the body, feeling more connected with our feelings and our emotions and processing the feelings and emotions, but doing that all without necessarily having to, quote, unquote, relive the the experiences. So we're going to dive into that topic because I know many of you have been asking about it. So I'm excited to explore that with Jenny today. And a little bit about her. She's just so dedicated to empowering others to break free from childhood and sexual trauma and create new ways of being and doing so you can live a more fulfilling and purposeful life, right? Perfect fit, right? So beyond surviving, we are two peas in a pod. Um, and one of the things that she's really cultivated in her own practice is work around diving deep into the body, work with the unconscious mind. And of course, her own personal journey of overcoming sexual trauma has been um, a, an informant and influencer in the work that um, she is doing. 
Um, and she's just inspired to really support women in finding their voices and moving forward to live their lives. So, Jenny, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, Rachel. Thank you. It's really great to be here. It's been a long time coming, and I've just I've been listening to your podcast, you know, following you, and I really love the work that you you do. And uh, if I if we had pro like if I've known about programs like that in while well, I was recovering from sexual trauma, I mean, geez, you know, you know, um, things would have been different. But you know, my you know, in saying that, you know, I'm here because of that journey and, you know, with things, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's the work that. that you do is so in, oh. important and it's needed and um, it needs to be out there, yeah. Yeah, well, right back at your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing it down there in Australia, which is fabulous. And yeah. um and I really want to hear, you know, people who've been listening to the Beyond Surviving podcast for some time know a lot about how I found my way to doing this work. Um, and I'd love to hear a little bit about how you arrived here in this place to be doing this work and to have this mission that you have for your life. Yeah, it's it's a really good question. And it's a really um, something that even a few years back, if someone was to tell me today that I'll be working with women, you know, to heal like childhood sexual trauma, there'll be like, I would not have believed it. And I was not only believed, not believed it, but I was against it. There was so much resistance mm. there. And the resistance was more that I struggled with even going deep into Mm. being raw and real myself and vulnerable. And if I couldn't do that, well, how can I support others to do the same? And that was, but it's funny, like God, you know, had plans and kept kind of, you know, showing me things along the way that I needed to, you know, finally I'm like, yeah, I have to work on myself let this go and and um that's where I am today like my experiences you know being sexually abused from my teenage years and you know I've had um you know first instances at 12 you know and it's more from you know someone I knew someone I trusted he was like a brother to me he groomed me well and you know I I um trusted him and you know, that um, kind of same thing with my next abuser. It was the same thing. I went into that same pattern in being groomed and trusted. And, um, yeah, the, the second time around I stood up for myself. You know, I was at a first job and, you know, I had that, I was so excited. I had that independence at 15, you know, I had my money, I could have that freedom. And, um, you know, the manager, you know, took advantage of that and took advantage of me. And and this time round, I, you know, someone, I confided in someone and said, this is happening and found out that was not just me, there was a few other girls and one girl stood up and and said reported him and you know went through the cops and and I thought I need to do the same thing and 
um, you know, that courage in her really encouraged me to do the same. And, um, yeah, and long story short, like, you know, years in court, you know, and the court process, the court trial in itself is quite traumatic um, for a victim. And you, at the time, I didn't get that support, you know, and um, I didn't get the support from my family as well. Um, you know, I love my parents. I love my, you know, my dad has passed, you know, nine years ago and, you know, we, um, it, the support back then, there was not the belief mm. in mm. them, like it was, it was that whole, like, it's my fault I did something or it was more what will others think. And, and you know, I in time I've learned that that's just how they coped yeah. and they meant well. But obviously as a child, hard. it was different. It was yeah. hard. And not having support from my family, my parents not having support in the court system, there was nothing and I felt I was made to be on trial like my journals were all out evidence like my personal life my sexual life like everything was all out there and when the news that um he got acquitted so he walked free Mm. and when I heard the news it was, uh, let's just say, like, it was as if my whole being just shut down. It was, I just turned off completely. And mm-hmm. life was on the outside fine. Like, I got married, I got, you know, it was perf- like a normal life. But I didn't deal with things it was just I've been learnt to just toughen up move on push through and that's how my life continued and it was a more of just being busy just doing all the things and not sitting with my thoughts and and dealing with things and and that just led to you know manifesting health issues you know, relationship issues, you name it, like it just escalated, mm-hmm. escalated. And there was a pivotal moment, no matter how many health issues I've had, that wasn't like the wake-up call that I needed. Like it was more a pivotal moment that I had was when I was sitting in an office at my old job and my boss came in all fired up, really angry. And, you know, he was, he didn't like a decision I made. And he was just yelling all sorts of things and then he just walked out and I had no chance of responding to him like he just left and it was that something clicked and like all those emotions everything that I've just pushed Mm-hmm. Yeah. All flooded. The lid out. was off, Mama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, yeah, everything yeah. just came out, and I just couldn't stop crying. It was mm. a big breakdown for me. But in saying that, that was the pivotal moment. I thought, 
I'm in the same cycle. I'm doing the same shit. It's not working. I need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started my inner work. I did, you know, counseling, went to energy healers, personal development, you know, you, you name it. I, I did it. I, there was the Me Too pro, you know, um, it was out in the open. It was just more people were sharing about their story and it was just the right, it felt like it, it was just the right time. And there was a online group me too program that really became the where I started to open up and share my story and and accepted that I'm a survivor Mm. of abuse and Mm. I never accepted that before it was yeah yeah that was the pivotal moment and then I after doing that you know you start having the drive to do that there's more purpose in life you know there's started to have that passion well how can I help others and I still didn't um, want there was still resistance in wanting to work with you know women with trauma it was still sure. like, how do yeah. I, <laughs> I <laughs> help <get> others <laughs> <laughs> yeah how far am I going to go with this yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did more the health coaching life coaching in general and um yeah, and it just kind of just kept pointing back to this is the work you need to get out. You need to share your story more and have that voice. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that's where I'm at now. Woo! Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey with us, Jenny. There, there are so many little pieces from your story that I, I relate to personally. I think it's really powerful this moment when we come into the acceptance moment, Mm -hmm. like we come out of the denial, we come out of the minimization and we just name it like, yep. And that's the thing. And that's what has happened. And that does so open the door to healing and and what's next. And I also really understand the time you spent in like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Don't want to look at this. Don't want to feel it. Don't want to, you know, go there. Um, But thank goodness, you know, you found your way to that and so that you could really reclaim your life and now be able to support and give back to others. So let's talk a little bit. A question I get all of the time is, Rachel, do I have to relive the trauma in order to heal? So I'd like to start by talking about what do you think people even mean by that? When when we're certainly some people will have come across philosophies or modalities that do push that idea. Um, but I think it, for our context, it might be helpful if we start by defining what it would mean to relive. And then is it really something that we have to do uh, in order to heal? So what's your take on that idea of reliving um, all of the abuse or the trauma you experienced? Yes. So to me, reliving is going into a state where you're reliving that particular scene time and time again and we can do that consciously you know with PTSD you're reliving the same thing but I think it's to go back to an event if you don't feel safe enough to do so you don't need it's not a necessity 
to do so. It's more working on with trauma, like I believe we all experience trauma in some way, shape or form, and trauma is more of not what happened to us but how it lives inside us. And when we start internalising things about ourselves or others in the world, it's more, well, looking at that, so looking the about the beliefs that you've started internalising about yourself and others, and when you start working on those beliefs, you don't have to go back to that those events. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. As such, yeah. I love that. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think what I might add to that, to piggyback on what you're saying, is that, you know, I, in my work, really think about the traumatic experiences as data and information, mm-hmm. and that our goal isn't to immerse ourselves in the historical experience, like trying to take ourselves back in time, trying to, like, place ourselves in the scene and re- and re-experience, re-feel, or, or even sometimes people will think, well, I need to go back to that experience and I need to put myself in it and immerse myself in it so I can somehow capture some information that will magically appear for me <laughs> if I do that. Yeah. Right? So some answer will magically appear. Um, and this is particularly problematic because, you know, we know that trauma memories are often disjointed or there are gaps and there might not be anything even to dive into, if you will, or relive. And so then people are left with this feeling of, well, then I'm just, you know, destined to stay this way or, or stuck this way. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I totally, totally agree with that. And um, I guess one way of looking at it that we we don't have to go into those events to relive those events. And I I hear what you're saying with the information but in saying that there's also learnings that we can have in that. Um, And what I mean is learnings of how we process Mm -hmm. things. Yeah, what are the stories? What are the narratives? Mm -hmm. What are the beliefs? Like if I look back at this moment, rather than just trying to relive it, which is like, what's that going to do for you? But to go back to the moment like an investigator, okay, when this happened, this is a moment when I started to believe. Like I can think about a moment with my grandfather, you know, where he's, you know, pushing me around and like, you know, pushing my hands away and I'm trying to get away from him. And he's saying, just let me do it. Just let me do it. And I'm in this moment, when I look back at that experience, can tie it to this narrative of like, I'm an object to be used, right? I don't have any agency over my body, like these sorts of things. And then that, can help me then start to make, you know, choices about what are the new narratives, what are the new beliefs that I want to develop. And, um, but just imagining that I'm sitting there on the porch swing, you know, with him, it's not getting me anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. And Mm. I think um, when we learn to um, be in tune with how, we feel in the sense of bringing up the certain emotions, you know, with the shame that we've had after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And that's a big one to really work on with any, any yeah. trauma, that shame. For sure. that, and it's learning to be loving that part of 
us and being comfortable with that part of us because we hide that in ourselves and it's it's like how can I love that part? How can I embody that so it becomes whole? Mm-hmm. And 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 that's what I think in terms of instead of reliving that, it's processing the emotions that we've had not yeah. been able to. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's a great place to pause. And yeah. when we come back, let's turn our attention to that. So instead of this whole reliving thing, let's talk about what would actually be more supportive and beneficial uh, to our healing. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you ready to take charge of your brain and kick PTSD to the curb? Then check out my 28 day boot camp for the brain, five foundations for healing your nervous system. This is a self-study virtual program for survivors of sexual abuse that blends cutting-edge neuroscience and kick-ass brain-boosting exercises, all expertly designed to teach you in a down-to-earth way the fundamentals for retraining the brain, healing the nervous system, and feeling in charge of your life again. And right now, you can get this program for a limited time at $47, $50 off the usual price. I also have a pay what you can program, so nothing should hold you back and stop you from taking advantage of this beautiful course that's been wonderfully designed to focus on healing you from the inside out, starting with the brain and nervous system. Go to rachelgrantcoaching.com slash bootcamp to get started today. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, everyone. So, Jenny, um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about how trauma memories and trauma experiences can be informative. They can help us to understand belief systems or um, stories, as we call it, in Beyond Surviving were mm-hmm. developed. But there's also other data or information in those experiences, which is, you know, emotion, feeling, how we relate. Um, and certainly, how do we feel in our own bodies? So can you talk a little bit about where you've really put your focus, which is on learning how to connect with and feel safe in the body? Yeah, for sure. So um, one thing that I've um, really had to work on and build on is trying to be in the present moment um, because my um my tend to dissociate and I tend to kind of um, freeze and just not um, be there. And it's something that I had to really work on too. And at times, like I'm still going through, you know, we all, I, I think healing and kind of growth is a long-term process. And um, I believe that it doesn't have to be a struggle, but it's something that we need to keep working on. Yeah, we have mind layers around. Yeah, yeah. We all have layers and we all need to work through things. And um, it's more being able to keep in our bodies. And when we are, I believe that when we are more in tune with our bodies, we are in that present moment. And we can then start to be able to notice what we're feeling, what we're thinking, and allowing it mm. to be more of a, from a non-judgmental and more a self-compassionate space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is such a big one, <laughs> you know, absolutely, mm-hmm. because being outside of our bodies, dissociating is such a great way to, um, you know, survive, to protect ourselves, um, you know, certainly in the context of the trauma, but then also everything that comes after, all the thoughts, all the feelings, all the fears, everything that feels overwhelming and scary about the whole thing, like, yes, please check out now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, thank goodness for dissociation, right? It's such a powerful tool for, for survival. Yes. But yes. when we're mm-hmm. wanting to not be in survival mode anymore mm-hmm. and we're wanting to live our lives, yeah, being present and learning how to feel safe being present. I remember in my own process, like a lot of the times it was like, I'm just going to imagine my pinky toe is present and that's it. <laughs> like That's all I, yeah. could, I could manage. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even bring my whole a body. And so I'd love to hear like when in this work that you do, do you have any favorite, you know, strategies or tips or tools that you'd like to share with our audience that they could, you know, kind of take and run with as the, you know, just getting started tools, you know, maybe some yeah. yeah. So one thing is just doing um, daily body scans and it, it it's just, it, it doesn't have to be any emotional, anything that you're going through. It's just sudden, I'm going to do a body scan and, and it's getting to know your body. I think that's really important. So getting to know the sensations that you're feeling in your body. Because I know before that, like I didn't feel anything and it had to be a real struggle to start to feel things like um and even touch for me touching myself felt really unsafe so it was just doing the quick scan you know how's my head feeling am I feeling any sensations right now am I feeling any colors or just starting to just play around with that and just scanning like how are my eyes are they feeling heavy are they feeling light you know you're just doing quick you know shoulders and it's just no judgment as such it's just like I'm feeling a bit tense in my shoulders you know like where else am I feeling yeah and it's more just getting to know your your body I think that's more um important thing to really start to to do mm-hmm. it's um, such a good tool I love that yeah yeah and um and to bring safety into our bodies it's finding a safe body part that you feel safe to to touch and it's whether it's um you know giving yourself a a hug or a squeeze or putting your hand on your heart or even your forehead anything that you you know when you're doing a scan it's like well where does it feel safe Mm -hmm. to to put a hand and it's just resting your hand there you know and it's just Mm -hmm. noticing anything that you know and just really start to build on that safety well how does that safety feel mm-hmm. in my body you mm-hmm. know does it have a warm sensation does it have a color you know that kind of thing and it's just starting to and the more you start to have that anchor you know when you start then having moments where you're feeling like things are becoming overwhelming you you use that well i feel safety in my stomach I'm going to hold mm, that right now. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts to become an anchor and a reference. Uh, uh, 
oh gosh, I'm forgetting the source of this, but a resource state. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, I can, I can know what that feels like. And when I'm not in that state of being, I can use presence or even just touching a part of the body mm-hmm. where that experience has happened, like where you felt that it can kind of bring you back in to that present energy or into that space. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And things um don't, they're not so overwhelming and you can just mm-hmm. start to observe and um, really important like to, you know, our, our bodies are, if we start to have that um, belief that it's a safe container to hold everything, you know, yeah. hold it and just allow it to stay in there. I think most of our suffering comes from not allowing that energy of what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. To- to go through that life cycle it needs to in our body to then allow it to go. And um, yeah. I think that if we do more of that and and um, even then you start to learn to, you know, when you start having emotions as, you know, anger or sadness or hurt, you start to befriend that in your body and, yeah. Yeah, make space for it all. Yeah, I love that. I love what you said about, oh, no, I'm going to forget it now, the life lifespan or the life cycle of a feeling or of an emotion. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a really, really poignant thing to point out, which is, you know, when we have um, suppressed, uh, you know, feelings, they just get, you know, stuck. And so, but they do have a life cycle, right? <laughs> they're not, they're yeah. not meant to feel any feeling forever, right? And so they yeah. Stuck, like creating the opening, creating the safety, creating the connection and attunement. So it can be there like, yep, there's that anger and like, yep, I'm going to feel that. But feeling mm-hmm. it through the lens of like, this is how I'm helping it to release and to leave and finish its life cycle. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So, Jenny, as we start to wrap up today, do you have any final words of encouragement, just anything you'd really want someone who's on this journey uh, of healing to, to really know and take away, take with them today? Mm-hmm. I feel like what's really important to for listeners and for people that have gone through and are on the road of trauma recovery is to really give themselves the the gratitude and thanking them, thanking how they've coped and um, because it has got them to survive. And I think that's so important that we don't give ourselves that gratitude and to say, thank you, you've helped me, you've got me through this right now. It's needed at the time needed at the time but it's no longer needed now but thank you and I think that's really important rather than dismissing it and being um having those regrets of or hatred towards it is to love that part that it did Mm. what it needed to I love that at the time yeah Wow, that's such a, a call to compassion, self-compassion, and also perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that so very much. So y'all write that down, take <laughs> it with you. It's such a good, good word of wisdom. And for all of you listening, if you'd like to learn a little bit more um, about Ginny and the, the work that she's doing, um, you can visit her website at JinnyCarver.com. You can find her on Facebook and on Instagram, Ginny R. Carver. 
Um, and of course, all those links will be in the show notes. And Jenny, again, I just want to thank you so much for, for being here and for sharing your wisdom and your story with us. Um, I feel inspired to think about, you know, if there's anything that I'm still holding that like, yep, I need to finish the life cycle of that. I'm really deep. <laughs> um, I'm going to steal it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Share it. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you again so much for being here and being my guest today. Appreciate you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been so great. Thank you. <laughs> right on. And for all of you listening, thank you so much for, for tuning in and joining us today. Um, if you, As always, if you'd like to make a donation in support of the podcast, you can go to bit.ly slash beyond surviving podcast donation. All contributions are applied towards funding scholarships, the running of donation-based and free programs, and making sure that those reaching out for support get what they need. And of course, you can visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and explore the other resources there. And then please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a note. Let us know what you're loving. Do not let us know what you're not liking. And <laughs> until next time, take good care of you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.